Um, good morning. Um, I'm super glad that everybody's here. Um, I just want to thank you, band. Y'all are always amazing. Caleb, doing that on probably three hours of sleep, probably not too easy, um, but I'm glad y'all are here. Well, uh, my name is Michael. In case anybody um, hasn't met me yet, I've had the honor and privilege of being the youth pastor here for about the last five months. Uh, man, time has flown by. Um, and I just want to say, first off, thank you to the church. Man, y'all have supported me in so many ways. And um, thank you to all the volunteers for this weekend, too. The church really stepped up, whether that was organizing lunches, um, driving kids around in a crazy scavenger hunt around the city of West, um, which was super fun and a little controversial uh, for the choice of the winner. But we're not going to get into that right now or we're going to start a riot. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I'll say that. Um, just a few highlights that we have that I just wanted to share with y'all um, because I know how much y'all have been praying for this weekend and praying for this youth ministry. Um, and I do want to say thank you for that. Um, we, it was great. That's my first highlight. We did a few different things. Like I said, the scavenger hunt around West. Maybe y'all saw us. Um, I, told us I told everybody not to speed. The leaders were driving, only adults, but I think maybe a few of us were flying around. Um, that can't be proven. Um, but... <laughs> A few things. Um, and then we had a great service project thing, uh, service project day, um, where we had a few groups go out and do a few different things. Our junior high girls um, went to the local retirement home and helped with bingo. And um, they had fun, they said. They said everybody was just super kind and they loved um, hearing from them. And then the, the retirement home called me afterward just saying, man, how blessed we were by those girls and how you know everybody just loved that they were there. Our high school girls, they were really put to work. Um, but they did some pretty cool stuff. They did, um, there's, there's a women's prison ministry that is doing Easter bags, and they're going to fill it with candy and Bible verses, and they asked us to decorate these bags. So, um, you know, happy Easter, and then they wrote Bible verses, you know, Matthew 28, 6. Um, he is not here. He is risen. Um, and I just want to say thank you, high school girls. They did, like, over 300 of them. So um, that's great, but I know how many lives that is going to touch then, you know, my boys, I put them to physical labor work, as all guys should be, um, and they had fun with that, too. They also, we had about 15 guys staying in the parsonage over there, so um, I'm going to have a volunteer sheet um, later, and we're just going to have people volunteer to scrub every inch of it, because I haven't smelled a smell like that in a long time, <laughs> and <laughs> so... Um, I live with seven guys down in Waco, and it's still nothing is compared to that. Um, and I also just want to say um, apologies if I start coughing or sneezing. Um, I think either it's stress, lack of sleep, or sleeping or staying at the same house as a bunch of junior high boys might have caught up to me, but I am getting a little bit sick. But that's okay. I am excited to be here. Um, you, might be, you might be noticing our shirts. Um, it says, this changes everything. This was kind of our theme for our Adventure Weekend D-Now. Um, and with that was this verse. And if I can find it. Second um, Corinthians 5:17. Um, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Um, so that was just our verse, and this weekend was amazing. It couldn't have been done without y'all, um, even some of y'all offering up your houses. I know that's not easy or fun, and it's a risk, but um, I think everybody did a great job, and the parsonage actually isn't as bad as they did. These guys were super respectful of that, and um, I'm thankful for that. So it was a great week. So I'm going to get started here with a story. Um, it's a story I'm not necessarily proud of, but, you know, you learn from things. So um, I was a senior in high school, like some of y'all, and I was working, I've been working at the summer camp for the last couple years, 
And um, it was the very last day of camp, and it was just um, counselors only. We were kind of cleaning up stuff, and I was staying behind. And so me and some of my buddies that have been working at this camp for years and I've got close with, we decided, hey, we're just going to stay up all night, and we're just going to kind of just have fun and do whatever we want once everybody goes to sleep. So, you know, I, we stay up all night kind of goofing around and um, don't sleep and everything, and now it's time to leave. So um, this camp's in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, Gertie, Oklahoma. Does anybody know where Gertie, Oklahoma is or heard of it? Nope, I didn't think so. Um, it is in the middle of nowhere. So um, I'm, I'm super tired and I have to drive like about five hours um, back home to Dallas area. And I can sense myself falling asleep at the wheel. I'm getting really tired and what I should have done was pull over and took a nap and anything, but it's the middle of a day, uh, Monday it was. And um, I can just sense myself falling asleep, and I'm slapping myself a little bit, um, blaring Taylor Swift, trying to stay up. But um, it just didn't work, and I could just sense myself with the wheel, just kind of going right. And I drive my car off the road into a ditch. Um, I know you probably don't want to hear this from your kid's youth pastor. But um, I was 18 once as well, which was not very long ago. Um, <laughs> So I promise you I have matured a little bit. Um, and I found my car in the ditch, um, blew out a tire, the front's all messed up, um, it's not starting or anything, and I was like, well, I guess this is my, I might die here. Um, I wait about an hour, no cars come, and I was like, I guess I gotta go find a house. So um, I, walked the, I walked the direction I came for about 45 minutes, finally get to a house, and kind of tell them my spiel, and they're like, okay. Uh, let's call the local sheriff, which it took him an hour to get out there. And um, they drove me back to my car. And the sheriff's like, yeah, this car is not going anywhere. I didn't have a spare tire. I didn't have anything. He's like, he's like you're going to have to start calling people. And then he's like, I think you need to call your dad. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll just stay here outside of Gertie, Oklahoma. Uh, maybe, this is where I, this is, maybe this is where I live now. Um, I was like, man, I just really didn't want to call my dad. Now, um, get, get in my head with me, students. I feel like y'all can do this a little bit, a bit better. Why didn't I want to call my dad? Um, you know, he could be angry and mad at me. I just kind of wrecked my car. Um, I could feel like I'd almost be bothering him during his busy work day. It was like a Monday um, in the middle of the day. Um, what if he doesn't answer and, like, the cop has to leave? And that was my one phone call. Oh, by the way, the, kind of a big part. My phone was dead because I was running around all night and decided not to charge my phone. I didn't have a phone. Um, charger in my car. So like, what if, what if he doesn't answer? What if he can't do anything about it? You know, my dad's a loving guy, but you know, he also likes to teach me a lesson now again. <laughs> and then he's like, like, what do you want me to do about it? Like, you got yourself in this mess. So, you know, and what if this was his opportunity to tell me, man, I need to change. I need to grow up, which I did. Uh, <laughs> I did need a little change. I just really didn't want to call my dad. And I'm telling you these things because I think these are the same reasons that we don't pray. These are the same reasons we don't go to a loving father who can help us in a time of need. But here's the thing, and I've told the students this about a million times, man, we are always in a time of need. There is not a moment in our life that we do not need a loving father. Uh, what I remember most about that day was not the car wreck or jogging for like 45 minutes just hoping to find a house or waiting on a car. What I remember most about that day is when I called my dad, and I was just honest with him, I told him what happened, and, you know, I expected him to kind of get mad at me, get angry at me, but he's like, how do I get you home? Like, what do you need? How can I help you? And in that moment, I realized, man, my dad is there for me. That man, he cares for me. And sure, there might be some disciplines when I get home, and there was, but at that time, <laughs> at the time, all he cared about, you know, was his son and the safety of his son. So like I said, I live with seven guys in Waco. 
um, in an old house built in about 1905, we figured out. Um, it's a lot of fun, but it can be pretty hectic. But um, so we're pretty close to each other. I've known some of these dudes for 20 years. And so we're talking about prayer. And I was like, hey, like, if I can get y'all's honest opinion, um, when do y'all pray? And some said, you know, sometimes after I'm done scrolling through social media, if I remember at night, I'll pray. Um, some said before a big test, um, or I'm super stressed, I'll pray. Um, my best friend of 20 years, whose dad has been um, suffering from brain cancer for quite some time, he's like, whenever I think of my dad, I, I just say a quick prayer. Um, another buddy of mine said, you know, if I'm going to be honest with y'all, if I'm not being led in prayer, like at church, like, I just don't. It's just I forget about it. Um, so one of my prayers for this weekend, um, for Adventure Weekend, was for y'all. That, man, I could address the prayer problem of y'all's generation, of our generation, and of the church. And, you know, the more that we get in Scripture and the more that we realize is that, man, we don't have a prayer problem. We have a view of God problem. If we had the right view of God, there would be no doubt that we would go to him in prayer more, with more passion. Um, little notes here. Um, see, I don't want y'all just, I don't want to guilt y'all into prayer. Like, if, I, if uh, this message is about me just guilting y'all to pray, then I, I miss the point. And I don't want y'all to just pray tonight. I want y'all to understand how we can go to a loving Father and why we should. You know, we pray because we know the one who answers our prayers. And I think that's super important. The Bible says a lot about prayer. It, it's, it's all over. But I decided, you know, I talked about prayer actually last time I was up here. Um, so here I am again. I was like, that's how important I think prayer is. Um, and I decided, let's look at Luke 11 today, uh, verse 1. And this is Jesus teaching the disciples how to pray. And who better to learn from prayer than Jesus himself? And I'm just going to dissect um, this verse so if I stop a lot. Um, just bear with me. Luke 11, verse 1. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. I'm going to stop already. See, this is really cool. Because Jesus has always been with the Father, and he will always be with the Father in eternity. But you see that a lot of time, that, you know, Jesus' short time on earth, he spent in prayer. And right there, that we should just understand, man, that prayer is that important. If, you know, Jesus has always been with the Father, and he will always be with the Father. But a lot of his short time that he spent on earth, he spent in prayer. So let's back to Luke. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Which is kind of a strange ask when you think about it. You don't today hear someone pray and you're like, oh man, that was, that was really good. Can you teach me how you did that? Like the way that you articulated the word father. Like there was something weird or special about that. Like can you teach me how to do that? So the fact that the disciples, you know, asked Jesus how to pray, man, there, there must have been something special about that. Because it's not like the disciples weren't around prayer. And they were always around the synagogues and the holy places, and they, you know, they were always around prayer. So there must have been something um, special about it. So Jesus, instead of being like, you know, just figure it out on your own, he's like, no, of course, like, let me teach you. Prayer 101 by Jesus, you know, classes in session. He said to them, when you pray, hold on, I'm so sorry. And he said to them, when you pray, say this, Father, I'm going to stop right there. What a profound and beautiful, beautiful statement just by that one word, Father. Father, hallowed be your name. There are two ideals that we have right here, ideas, we have to reconcile. Father, your name is holy and set apart. And Father, you are sinless, divine, and holy, and I get to call you Father. These are two incredible theological truths right here that we have to reconcile with. See, if I was there and I heard this, I'm like, okay, you get to call him Father because he's your dad, but what, what do I get to call him? He's like, no, here's the thing, you get to call him Father too. 
It's such a personal and intimate thing. Because we get to come to the Father through the Son, Jesus. Jesus is our mediator. And he gives us the authority to go to the Holy God. At this time, this is absolutely mind-blowing. Because up until this point, if you remember, the veil was torn from top to bottom. Only the high priest can approach God in prayer. Only the high priest can talk to God. And he can only do it like once a year. And he had to make all these sacrifices. And he had to enter this room called the Holy of Holies. And only he could have to go to God on the people's behalf. So the high priest was the mediator. But now we have a high priest in Jesus who was slaughtered himself on our behalf. So we get to go to the Father. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says this. Since then we have a high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize, sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help those in a time of need. This is what this looks like, students and whatnot. Um, when you're stranded on the side of the road, and, or you're in a, a really tough situation, and you, or you find yourself in a really bad place, and you have a chance to make a phone call, and you, you're able to call God, and you're like, hey, or you, you can call Jesus, and you're like, hey, Jesus, I need, I need to talk to the Father. You know, and Jesus is able to go to God and hand him the phone and be like, hey, here's the thing. You can talk to him because he's declared righteous. Everything that he did, all his sins, all his mistakes, you already punished him through me. So you can talk to him. He's declared righteous. See, Jesus is our mediator, and this is great, great news for us. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. This is something I actually didn't really understand when I was y'all's age. I just did it because I heard it time and time again. Understand why we can pray in Jesus' name. It, don't just do it superstitiously. Understand that it is because of the finished work of the Father. It is the finished and the sacrifice of the Son that we are able to go to the Father. So if you have trusted in Christ and his death and his resurrection of your sins, you can come to the Father as his child. I'm going to tell a story. It has to do with politics because I love politics. Um, there was a conversation recorded between two men. And one said, man, it's arrogant to go to God with my problems. You know, he's got, you know, he's got everything going on. He's got the entire world to take care of. It's, it's arrogant to go to God with my problems. Like, I can't just approach the president of the United States with, like, my taxes and, like, complain. Right? He, he's got the affairs of a nation to take care of. He's too busy. If I, if I try to go, you know, jump over the fence, walk on the great lawn, try to go to the Oval Office, if I keep walking, I'm going to get shot. I don't belong there because that's where his children belong. You know, he said, you, you, can, you can approach the President of the United States if, if you're his child. You better believe that the President of the United States is, affair, is, is concerned with the affairs of his children. You know, they're sick. You know, that's, that's weighing on his mind. You're right. Like, you, you can't just walk into the Oval Office. Like, you don't have that authority. Because that's, you know, but his children can. Because that's where his children belong. Because of Christ, we have the authority to go to God the Father. Because of the Son, we approach the Father, authorized as his child. Jesus says to pray like this, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us this day, each day, our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who has sinned against us and lead us not into temptation. Jesus is showing us here a model to pray, 
Not necessarily the words to pray, but a way to pray. Even this is a variation of Matthew 6, the Sermon on the Mount, you know, the Lord's Prayer, Our Father. Uh, This is just a variation of that. See, Jesus is recorded praying often, not necessarily in these words, but in this way. Um, So Jesus is showing us how we can pray in both activity and attitude. These these are two quotes that have changed um, my viewpoint on prayer, and I want to share it with y'all. Martin Luther said this, I have so much to do today that I I cannot get through it with less than three hours of prayer. So that's, that's pretty cool, and that shows the activity of prayer. And then, one, and then another quote is this, I rarely pray for 20 minutes, but I rarely go 20 minutes without praying. And that's an, that's an attitude and all-time praying, um, praying without ceasing. So students, church, man, I love to talk about prayer because I really think it's that important. I have seen my God do amazing things. I have seen him heal the sick. I have seen him save people in my own naiveness that I was like, man, they're just too far gone. Like, there's no point of me trying anymore. I have seen our God do amazing things, and I have seen him do great things this weekend at Atwell. Man, we serve a mighty God, and let's never forget that. Um, So what a great weekend we had. What a great God we serve as well. So let's pray. Dearly Father, you are good. God, I just want to say I am thankful that every time I fall down, that you are there to pick me up. I am thankful that whenever I need you, that you are there and that you care about my thoughts and my desires and that you want to know me. And I pray for the people in this room that they understand that, man, you are a good, good father. I pray for these students that, man, when they go back to school tomorrow, that, man, they understand that because of your word, everything has changed. And that when people see them, they see you and your love. Thank you, God, for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.